Thank you for listening to the Firelife Church Podcast. For more information on Firelife Church in Irving, Texas, please visit wearefirelife.org. We pray the Lord blesses you greatly through this message. The Lord's been dealing with us for, for quite a while about us becoming disciples. A disciple. I mean, want to be a disciple of Jesus. I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> no offense. I, I, don't, I don't like when people like, like, oh yeah, America's a Christian nation. No, I don't, I don't think we are. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, maybe if you're grading on, if there's 10 righteous, <laughs> maybe if you're grading on that, maybe we are, but uh, <laughs> by faith, <laughs> Maybe we're the, the, the unrighteous, uh, we're the righteous husband or wife and we're going to, you know, make the whole thing righteous. I don't know. But, but yeah, the, the term just does not, doesn't really sit well because it sounds like a club you join. It sounds like it doesn't cost anything. Oh, well, my parents were Christian, so I'm a Christian. Well, that didn't cost me anything. I, I could like, oh yeah, I've been a Christian my whole life. I came out of the womb a Christian. No, I didn't. No. Like there is a moment where we decide whether we're going to follow him or not. That's what, that's what a disciple of Jesus is. <clears throat> Luke chapter nine, if you want to open there, I'm, I'm just going to hit about 10 or 15 minutes and we'll add on to this and make it a longer series. But I, I feel the Lord's calling us to wake up to the fact that... Um, what a way, let me just say this. What are we doing? I'm just going to go there. What are we doing? We have, a, we have a guest here. We were talking before service, and he was sharing some of his story and how he had to flee his home country because he was a believer and it was a, it was a Muslim run country. And I thought, man, it really cost you something to trust Jesus. You got family over here as well, similar background. It costs you something. It costs you relations. It costs you friendships. There are some it costs you inheritance. To be a follower of Jesus, like it means something. And, and I feel like that causes you to tap into a side of, of this whole thing we call Christianity that if it doesn't cost us something, then we miss it. Like if it doesn't cost anything, then it's not valuable. I, I have this talk with my sons all the time and they'll tell you they get sick of hearing me say it. You've probably heard me say it enough times. You're probably tired of me saying it. But I say to them, son, if you can find a lot of a thing and it's everywhere you look and every street corner or every store you go into, there's this thing. How much is it going to cost? Not very much. But if it's really rare and people had to work really hard to find it, how much does it cost? And I always bring it back and say, we should pursue things that are valuable. We should pursue things that are costly. And if our Christianity is cheap, then today we need to make a change. And like, well, it, it doesn't, doesn't cost me anything for salvation. Absolutely right. Jesus paid the full price for salvation. He paid that cost. But to follow him and be a disciple, it costs something. 
costs us. He said, hey, leave everything behind and follow me. That's what it means to be a disciple, to follow Jesus. And what we've done is we've taken the most precious, the most costly, the most rare thing on the earth, and we've made it cheap because we tell people it doesn't cost you anything to join the club. Hello, are y'all, are y'all awake? Well, yeah, I just filled it out on the, on the census. Yeah, I'm a Christian. It didn't cost me anything. We're cheapening the most precious, most valuable thing there is, the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. We're making it cheap because it didn't cost us anything to pursue him. And, and the, the call out today for us as a church is we need to find a connection to what it costs me to pursue him. I need to rediscover that. And look, coming to church on Sunday morning ain't the cost. This is the weirdest thing that we do as believers. We gather in a room, we sing songs. Come on, we hear someone talk. That's not what this thing is. It's the fellowship of walking with him. And it costs something. It, it's valuable. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but in, in 1 Corinthians, or actually it's 2 Corinthians, I've probably got it wrong on the thing, but 2 Corinthians, he says for us to walk in a way worthy of his calling. Walk in a, in a manner worthy. It should say 2 Corinthians, just so you know. So that's all right. I'm making mistakes on the, the bulletins in the restroom and you can't change it, buddy. It's all right. <laughs> We need an editor. Anyway, it should cost us something. Like, well, what do you mean by that? I can't tell you what it costs you to follow him. Because if I tell you what it costs to follow him, then you're just paying my cost. There are some things that are non-negotiable, absolutely. We have to flee the patterns and the things of this world to follow him. But my walk after him looks very differently from your walk. And there are some things that we can agree upon. We, we, we deny ourselves. We pick up our cross. We crucify the flesh. We do these things. But man, that's a big umbrella. Crucify your flesh. What does that mean? I, I love reading through Paul's writings where some people, it, it's like, well, they don't eat meat or they don't drink this kind of drink or they don't do this kind of thing. And there's room for all of those people under the umbrella of cost. But I need to connect to what, co what it costs me. And what I hope happens before you leave today is that you reconnect to what it costs you personally to follow Jesus, that we would do the things we did at first. Hello? That we would go back and do the things we did at first. Think for a second, what was it like the day your life was changed by Jesus? Come on, man. It felt like the lights came on. It felt like I could breathe. How many feel like, oh, I feel like I can breathe for the first time my whole life. <sighs> the oppression went away, come on. The doom, the, the impending, the feelings of impending doom, always following us around, left. And because of that, I began to discipline my life a different way from then on. I began to do things that I'd never done before. I got in a room with other weird people and sang songs. But I also got into a prayer closet and learned how to hear God's voice. I got into his word and I read it, not as a book, not as a novel,
but is life. Like his words are life. And I dove into it. And then the things of the world didn't seem as important anymore. And so I was easily letting things go, right? How many went through that? Like, well, I can get rid of that. I don't need that. That's not good for me anymore. I don't need it. And we did this stuff. Fast forward 20 years. And how many of us have picked up some of that stuff back up? And I, I'm not going to tell you what to pick up and put down. That's between you and Jesus. But it should cost us something to walk after him. Like, I don't want to walk in a way that gets any dirt on his name. Have you, man. Have you thought of it like that? Like, would Jesus be like, yeah, I'm proud he says he's a follower? Yeah. And this isn't for condemnation, guys. Please listen. That's the old stuff that we left. That, that, that was on the cross. Jesus paid for that at the cross. This isn't about condemnation. This is about if I will pay the cost of being a disciple, then I get the rewards of being a disciple. Now, I want to tell you what the rewards of being a disciple are. You will be persecuted. <laughs> you will be laughed at. You will be beaten. It's, come on. You will have to leave the nation of your youth. You may have to leave family and friends that you've known forever. You may have to leave an inheritance. You may have to flee your nation so fast that you can't sell your stuff and take the money with you. You may literally have to leave everything. And then you may be persecuted. You may be on a watch list. I don't know. We have an international church here. Some of you have paid this cost. But I want you to know it's worth it. Because if we fellowship with his suffering, we also fellowship in his resurrection. <laughs> Come on. And I, I'm, I'm really ashamed to say that it probably hasn't cost me as much as it should cost me to follow Jesus. Luke 9, 23 through 25. That is correct up there. Thank you, Lord. Then he said to all of them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. I've been hitting this quote. Again, I've forgotten the guy who said it. Sorry, guy who said it 500 years ago. <laughs> Francis Fenelon or something like that. He talks about us cutting away the, the parts of our life that need to be cut away. And he's like, we wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> and even if we knew where to start, we wouldn't have the courage to cut away what really needs to be cut away. Because what it would mean would, would mean for us to cut the part of us, the flesh, that is the most alive. And the Lord's saying, if you want to follow after me, you've got to kill the flesh. And then take up a cross and follow him. And then he says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. I'll get a lot more into that probably in the next couple of weeks. But what it means is that when I scheme to protect, provide for, um, defend my own life, 
I will end up sabotaging myself. But whoever loses his life, whoever chooses to give his life up for his sake will actually find life. The only way to actually have life is to surrender to Jesus, literally. And I know this is, a, this is like a complete counter message to the culture we live in when everything is about us. Everything is just do, do you, baby. Do you, do what pleases you, do whatever, it doesn't matter. And no one can judge you. Where does it say not to judge other Christians? Hello, uh, you're, you're not gonna like this. First and second Corinthians, it says, don't judge the world. <laughs> but you better judge believers inside the house of God. Read it. Paul says it over and over and over again in his letters. He's like, guys, stop wasting your time judging the world. They don't know better. Stop it. But he says, I can see him pointing his finger, but you know better. And then he calls people out. Did you know that? He's like, hey, I've heard rumors about this stuff going on. And look, I don't want to have to be mean when I get there. I'm going to be mean right now, hoping you'll take care of it. But if you don't take care of it, when I get there, I'm going to mark that person and throw them out. They weren't an ungodly person. They were inside the believers because the standard of Jesus has to matter. And if you take the name of Jesus and if I take the name of Jesus on me, I have to make sure that I'm living in a way worthy of his name. And if not, you should call me out. Like that doesn't sound very fun because, you know, confrontation is bad. No, it's not. It's not. It's called iron sharpening iron. It's calling bear one another's burdens. It's called confess your sins one to another for this is the will of God. When's the last time any of us were called out for, for any type of attitude or behavior that was counter Jesus? Usually we just like, man, I put my head down and act like I didn't see or hear. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to jump into it. Not my problem, not my thing. I got my own stuff. I mean, you know, then we use the word of God. We're like, well, I'm going to go take care of the plank in my own eye first so that I can properly know how to handle the speck in their eye. And then we end up never even talking. I'm talking about being a disciple. I'm not talking about being a Christian. And we don't teach this in the American church anymore discipleship. Come on. You signed up for this. I signed up for this. This is not like we were drafted into it and had no choice. Like I can see a military that everyone's drafted in. People are be like, I'm not paying that price. I'm not doing that thing. But the people that sign up to be Navy SEALs, they put their body through hell. Because they chose to, and the standard of a seal is here. You don't have to be a seal. But if I choose to be a seal, I better do what the seals do. So what's the difference in Christianity? Shouldn't Christianity, shouldn't being a follower of Jesus be the Navy seals of all the religions of the world? Like, well, I chose to sign up, so I'm going to do whatever he says. I'm going to sit in the ocean, arms locked, freezing cold over and over and over again. Have you seen this stuff the Navy SEALs do? Like, that's not even the worst of it. I'm going to be waterboarded. I'm going to go through all this stuff 
because I want to carry the, the badge of a seal. You imagine the honor that they walk around when they get that badge, knowing the price they paid to carry that. And you and I take the name of Jesus on us. We have the name of Jesus written on us. We became sons and daughters. And I just hear him saying, you need to stir up the heart of a disciple. Can I, I'm, I'm not even gonna ask permission. I'm just gonna do it. I'm getting older and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be me, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm now editing right now. <laughs> I say it like this. I love when I get to interact with new people that come into our body and they tell me how amazing you are. I love that. I love it. I love to hear the church is so friendly. The presence of the Lord is there. I love that stuff. I don't want that to go away. I want to just increase more and more. How can we stir one another onto good works, Hebrews says. How can we do that? Keep doing it. Keep doing that. Be friendly. Let the Lord be here. Surrender your heart and worship and prayer. Do all that stuff. But man, I want people to walk in here and be like, whoa, God's here. And I'm afraid right now. That's what I want. Because you could go down the street and find friendly people. And much better singing, worship, preaching, all the stuff, right? I want people to walk in here and be like, God's here. And I can't say the same. I can't. And it's not a condemnation thing. It's a, wow, Jesus wants me to walk with him. He's asking me to walk with him. He knows me by name. And he's asking me to, to walk with him and be one of his disciples. Stir up the wonder of being called by him. There's no program we could put in place to make this happen. There's no sermon that can be preached that can make this happen. It is a decision that you personally make on your own individually. Now, your individual decision can stir up the corporate decision. It can create a positive peer pressure, so to speak, where everyone's like, whoa, we're all doing that now? We're all Navy SEALs now? We're not just, you know, Gomer Pyle? Anyone remember old Gomer Pyle in the Army? <laughs> we're not just goofing around anymore? Sorry, I'm aging myself, aren't I? We're not just goofing. No, we're like serious. This is serious. Oh, I, I want to be careful then. I don't want to walk like children of darkness then. I want to walk as a child of the light, Ephesians says. I'm going to put on light. And I'm going to find what pleases the Lord. And I'm going to do that more. And whatever doesn't please him, I'm going to do that less. And I want it to cost me something because he's worth it. Amen? And that's what I feel like the Lord's doing in the house. 
And again, I wish we could just say, hey, everyone come to the front. We're gonna lay hands on you and you're going to have the heart of a disciple and you're gonna follow him with love for the rest of your life, counting the cost every single day, pursuing him. And then we walk out of here and change the world. That would be amazing. But we have to each of us choose. And here's the hardest part of that. I don't get to choose what it costs me. <laughs> oh, 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 I get to choose my offering, but I don't get to choose what he requires from me. The portion that's his, he decides. It's his. I get to give him an offering of the overflow but he gets to tell me, he gets to point and say, I want that thing. I want that thing. And here, let me say it like this. Today, when we pray here in just a second, don't ask for 10 things. Just find one thing. Lord, what's the one thing that I can do today? What's one thing I can do that a cost I can pay today that will change my life? What's one thing you're requiring of me that I haven't done? What's the thing that's important to you? Not all the stuff maybe I've brought to you. What's the thing you really want? Because I want to bring that to you. And why do we need to do this? Not so we can be blessed. So that the world would know Jesus. It's all, it's what it's about. has very little to do with us. There's a whole world that needs Jesus. Our, our neighborhood is full of people that have paid a heavy price that we don't even know. They don't even know this is a church. And they've left home and family and nation and, and religion of their childhood. And they need us to say, hey, we're on your team. We're your family. Come on. Why don't you stand with me? So we're not going to make it easy today because this is not a drafted army. You have to decide. Amen. So if this is for you, why don't you come to the front with me? And we're going to ask the Lord, what do you want from me? What are you requiring from me? What do you need from me? Because I want to be a disciple. I don't want to just be a Christian. Yeah.
Bless you. Yeah, if you want prayer for anything, we want to meet here at the front. I, I, um, also, offering buckets. Uh, if we can just put those out, we'll take up offering. But here's how I want us to do the offering. Um, I want us just to tell the Lord, thank, thank you for being our provider. So we're not going to do the declaration and all that stuff. We're just going to be like, God, thank you for being my provider. All right. So, Father, we love you. We thank you because you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. Every season, God, you've been faithful. So, Father, we bring to you our tithe, our portion, and our offerings, God. And we ask that you bless it, bless our homes, bless our businesses, bless our bosses and the companies we work for. And, Father, we pray that there will be bread in the house, Lord. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you so much for being here. If you need prayer, we'll meet you here at the front, hang out, fellowship, all that kind of stuff. We love you guys. Be well. Be well.